You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Okay, open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to go through this a little bit quick. We're talking about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. i got to tell you some good things about Honduras. Um, we've got a video to show you about that. Maybe some of the team, if they want to share some things at the end, we will just briefly. Uh, no, no pressure. I see him like systematically duck out of the room. <laughs> uh, but I want to just say this. I want to keep saying this to you, that you guys are, Freedom, you are making an impact way beyond yourself, okay? It's important for you to hear and understand that your generosity, your prayers, your obedience to the Holy Spirit, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to tell you some things that are going to blow your mind, all right? Because some of you, some of you in this room did some things you, didn't even, you weren't even aware when you, when you prepped some of the stuff you got for these kids in Honduras, you were not even aware. Maybe you were aware. And if you were, I want to I talk to you after church, okay? Because I want to hear, because some of the things that happened were Holy Spirit things. All right. Okay. All right. So this morning, as we just kind of continue in this series on the Holy Spirit, I want to talk about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's actually a scripture in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, but here's why, all right? Because we, can, um, we need to learn to hear the Holy Spirit, right? We need to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of things in the same way that when we talk about having a relationship with God our Father or with Jesus Christ, there are a lot of things that go into that, aren't there? Um, we have to learn how to pray. We have to learn how to receive and, and walk and um, uh, listen and hear. And the same thing with the Holy Spirit. And so uh, for the last few weeks, we've, we've gone through, we've talked about uh, who the Holy Spirit is. We've talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and why it's important and why it's for today still. And then we talked um, uh, two weeks ago about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And if you missed any of those, you can catch them on our podcast or get a CD. I want to encourage you to, because I would just just lay out to you this morning as a reminder that cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit is one of the most important things that you can do today. All right? You need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. No matter what you grew up believing about the Holy Spirit or if you just stayed away from it because you didn't understand it. And one of the great things about uh, the, the word Holy Spirit, the word Spirit is actually not a proper understanding of the Holy Spirit. That's why some of your Bibles, if you have a King James Version, it says the Holy Ghost. But the, act, the accurate way of understanding who the Holy Spirit is and his work on the earth and his work inside of our hearts is to understand it through the contextual word, which is breath, the holy breath. Now think about that for just a second. Think about your breathing right now. Some of you might have asthma, and you, you know what it is to have restricted breathing. Think about the breaths coming in and out of your lungs right now. It's impossible to exist without those breaths. The Holy Spirit is that level of intimacy with us. That is the intention of the Holy Spirit. To be the life, the breath of life that fills our hearts, our lungs, our minds. Okay? Now that's personal, isn't it? That's intimate. And so that means that we've got to learn to hear, to listen, but we also have to learn to obey. And so Galatians 5 actually talks about this, Galatians 5 and Galatians 6, and we're going to hit on this for just a few minutes. And this is very important because one of the things that we can um, uh, lean into as people who love the Holy Spirit is that we can just lean into the emotional aspect of the Holy Spirit, meaning this, we can just like the way the Holy Spirit makes us feel. We can like the prophetic things that the Holy Spirit does. We need those things. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, and the devil came up to him and asked him to turn stones into bread. Yeah, I thought I had that backwards for a second. And Jesus looked at him and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, every freshly spoken word that proceeds from the mouth of God, every living word that comes from the Bible. Do you know that your Bible is alive and living, that it's prophetic unto you, that it prophesies to you? And that's also why the prophetic gift in 1 Corinthians 12 is important is because it edifies us. We need it. 
And so we understand that we have these things, that we need these things, but we can get in a place where that's all we crave, but we have to get those things and cultivate those things and do those things, but we have to obey those things as well. And so the scripture tells us, tells us this principle using the words in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. It says this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is giving out a cadence. Think about your halftime show at any football game in Mid-County, and think about the performance of the band as they go through and they march, whether you're a, you're a, a, a bulldog or you're an Indian, and they're all they're moving around. I've got an Indian band player, and they do this, and I always try to find her as they move around. Now, if one of those kids just broke out and was like, now, they'd be like, what? It'd be kind of funny and cool, but it'd be way out of place. Say they have a cadence, don't they? They all know, even though they're in different places, they know what they're doing together. And the Holy Spirit leads us the same way. And so as we learn the cadence of the Holy Spirit, we've got to keep in step moving with the Holy Spirit. All right? And so we've got to obey. We've got to obey. So this is what the scripture tells us. Let's, let's go back a few verses, starting in Galatians 5, 16. It says this, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contra- contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not, so you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That's a big statement right there. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. You know, I used to skip that. I used to never read that whenever I'd talk about this. But here's why I do. Not because you're probably doing any of that. It's not to go, ah. It's to tell you that when you sow according to the flesh, what happens is it births death. It births death. When we get into a place where we are not in the cadence of the Holy Spirit, the only other option is that we are choosing to live by the flesh. And people say, and they get into places where they feel stuck, and they come and they say, I, Pastor, I don't know how I got into this deep sin. And it's not a mystery. It's just a simple misdirection of saying, I'm not going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And that's why we have to stay in cadence to the Holy Spirit. And when we get off course, the Holy Spirit reminds us in gentleness, correct your course. It's like the navigation that you hate. You miss your U-turn, what does it do? In the next 500 feet, turn around and do it again. You miss it again. In the next 500 feet, turn around again. I told you to turn around. <laughs> and so when we choose not to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, this is the outcome. And all of these things are treacherous. All of these things are sinful. And all of these things are wrong. And none of us want to be in this place. Here is where we want to be. In verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I, I need to give you just a second of context on, on this letter here to the, to the church in Galatia. What Paul is writing to, he's writing to a church that began to slip into some misunderstanding in self-righteousness. They were actually fighting over and wrestling over the discussion of circumcision. That if somebody who was a non-Jew who came to faith in Jesus Christ, were, were they to be circumcised? And were the males to be circumcised? I know that's a very intense statement right there, but you need to understand 
And so they were going through this, and there were people that were getting very combative, and they were getting very argumentative. And Paul here has to address this, and he's not just simply saying, that's foolishness, no, no, and no. He's addressing the spirit of us, and this is where we need to pick this up and understand. And he's saying this, that you have a decision to make. You're either going to look at your righteousness through works of flesh, which is not going to breed anything of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's only going to breed death. That's the law. Or you are going to begin to come into the revelation that you are to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, which the law cannot come against. Why can the law not judge the work of the Holy Spirit? Is because the work of the Holy Spirit in you is perfect. The work of the Holy Spirit in you is perfect. Let me explain it like this. If you try in your own power to be good, you are going to fall short. Why? Because you are not strong enough. You'll watch. You're going to have a series of people come up and test your goodness. And your goodness in your own strength is going to run short and be judged under the law. But when you come into the obedience of the Holy Spirit... And you say, I can't, but Holy Spirit, you can because you've perfected it. It is who you are. By definition, you are good. When we sing, God, you're good, we're not just saying, hey, God, you're good. What we're actually testifying to is the truth of his character. It'd be the equivalent of my kids coming up to me and say, Dad, you're provider, you're provider, you're provider, you're provider. It is the truth of who I am. And when we invite the Holy Spirit to come in and say, will you bear the fruit of goodness in my spirit so that it comes out of my actions, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, what happens is that is a well that never goes dry. All right? All right. Okay. So the law can't judge it. All right. So let's talk about fruit for just a second, the fruit of the Holy Spirit and why we need to actively pursue it. There's a couple of things. Now, I'm pretty sure if you've been in church long enough, you've heard a sermon or two about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to go through these one by one. But what I'm going to do is I just want to talk about fruit in general. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character of Christ being built in us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character of Christ being built in, in us. Why do we need to actively pray and pursue the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Because it is the character of Christ being built in us. One of the things about understanding our righteousness is this. You can claim righteousness until you're blue in the face. But until you have the character of righteousness in you, you're not going to walk in the revelation of righteousness. So you can say, Jesus Christ is my righteousness, but you go out and you just, you don't have anything to stand on except for a few words. But when you actively invite the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, goodness, peace, joy, love, patience, kindness, what takes place is this, is that the character of Christ is formed in you, and therefore you are standing firmer in your righteousness. You are standing in that place of authority. You are standing in that place of security. You are standing steadfast. You are standing steadfast. See, here's, here's the mystery that, uh, of Christ Jesus being revealed in us, is that he is conforming us into his image. He is conforming us actively into his image. It is not just something that we get by association. It is who we become. And it is the job of the Holy Spirit to put the character of Christ in us. So here's the good news. Are you struggling in one of these areas that we just mentioned? Then good. Invite the Holy Spirit to bear some fruit in you. These are here so that you will understand that it is God's intent to put this character, the character of his son, Jesus Christ, in you. Why? Because you're going to be a testimony. You're going to be a walking, living testimony. The second thing about fruit is this, is that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is necessary to receive from the Holy Spirit. It's necessary to receive from the Holy Spirit. 
That's why the, the scripture tells us that if we want to be in step with the Holy Spirit, we, we've got to have these fruit in us. Here's the thing, is that you're not going to receive from God if you are lacking joy, if you're lacking the revelation of love, if you're lacking the revelation of peace. This is the thing. And this is sometimes, again, if we can just give a slight correction in our understanding, in our revelation, it goes a long way. Because we can be in a place where we are absent of peace, crying out for peace, and never receiving peace. Because freely, the Holy Spirit is actively putting in the fruit of peace in us that we must have to receive more peace. You haven't been created as a son or daughter of God to cry out to God from a place of lack and brokenness. It's just simply not a New Testament principle. And it is not a statement of arrogance either. It is not saying that you have your ducks in a row. That is not what this is about. It is about acknowledging the free gift that the Holy Spirit is giving to fill us up into a place where we are ready to receive more and hear from him. There are times that my kids uh, will get a little off, right? Parents, stay with me. I got some of my, like, my daughter Abby's in the back. Man, I, lo- I love my kids so much. <laughs> like, Pastor, you're so dumb. Stop talking about your kids. No, I've got great kids. I really do. And the Lord has blessed me with everything that I've asked for when they were children. They, they've come. It's happened. But there are times that it gets, a little, it gets a little off because their perception isn't right. Because there's been broke down communication. And there has to be that moment where there's a face-to-face I look into your eyes, I speak calmly, and I speak firmly, and I speak gently. This is who I am, and this is what's going to happen, because I love you. And the reason why that has to happen is because my children have to be reassociated with the truth of who I am, and to be filled with that knowledge before they can receive the benefits of those things. Does that make sense? See, and sometimes when we get up to God and we're all distraught and we're all messed up and we're just like, ugh, I can't, and you're just panicky like a panicky child. What God wants to do, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to just grasp you firmly and lovingly and gently and speak the truth of who he is, deposit the fruit of who he is so that you are able to receive the thing you need in that moment. So you can't receive unless you have this in you. You won't believe it to be true. The language of the Holy Spirit, meaning that the whole, meaning this, this, this is the language. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the language of the Holy Spirit. This means this, is that the Holy Spirit isn't going to speak through our wisdom or our emotions. This is why the law can't come against it. This is why the law, the works of our own ability and our own strength can't come against it. Because it supersedes those things. The third thing about fruit is this, is that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is how we filter the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is something that I believe. And this is something that I believe is really important. A few weeks ago, we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, that we need those today, that we need to actively pursue them, even as Paul wrote, desire the greater gifts. The gifts of healing, gifts of faith, prophecy, miracles, signs and wonders, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And the purpose of those things is to edify the body first, but they're, they're also used even a little bit outside the church. They need to be outside the church as well. But understand this, that there is a context for those gifts. And those gifts are not going to contradict the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They're not going to stand up and become overpowering. They're not going to be stand up and become demonstrative. They're not going to stand up and be forceful. They're not going to stand up and be violent. They're going to stand up in the things 
and the definition of who the Holy Spirit is through the gifts of the, through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That every time a prophetic word comes out, it must carry these things. Every time a, a, a healing comes out, it must carry these things. Every time we have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, even deliverance, it has to carry these things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is an agreement. The Holy Spirit is an agreement. And, and I know, listen, for some of you, this, you, this may be something that, that you, you're, you're just it's letting pass over you, but it's a very important truth, especially as we pursue the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is that they must line up with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They have to be in agreement. They have to come out and bring these things in agreement. And both of these things, when you look at 1 Corinthians 12 and Galatians 5, what you see is that God put the Holy Spirit, both through his gifts and his fruit, at work for the body first. And so fruit must flow freely in the body first. It must happen in the body first. The gifts have to happen in the body so that it can all come out outside of the church. All right. The next thing about fruit is this, last thing, is that the fruit of the Holy Spirit creates expectancy in us. It creates expectancy in us. This is also what it means when the Scripture tells us to keep in step with the Spirit, is that when we think about that and we understand the the fruit of the Holy Spirit alive and working in us, is that it is drawing us to a place. It is bringing us and moving us forward. The reason why fruit is born in our lives is so that there are things that people can eat off of. They can taste and see the goodness, the revelation of the goodness of God in us. There's a lot of things that you can set your hand to do that are good. There are a lot of things that you can set your hand to do that are good, that are noble, that are worthy. But what we need to do is to set our hand to the thing that the Holy Spirit is calling us to. The things that are birthed by the Holy Spirit. But we cannot set our hands to the things that are being birthed by the Holy Spirit unless we have an expectation that the Holy Spirit is moving. When we went to Honduras, we each had two big bags. Michael had these huge bags. They were heavy. They all weighed 50 pounds, exactly. We made sure. That's the limit before you had to pay extra. And so if one bag had 40 pounds in it, guess what? It got some more. We made sure. We stuffed all of them to the gill. You know what that said? We had expectation. And we knew what those bags were filled with. We knew that they had those backpacks that you all prepared. And so when we brought those in, it wasn't, it wasn't a labor to drag those up and to have them checked in, to drag them to the bus and lift them in and out several times. Because we saw and we knew that there were 19 kids who were going to receive something. And so those things that were heavy were filled with expectation. Because we understood that there was something that they were heading to. You see, we had expectation for those things just like you did. I actually unloaded those things and and walked them down a mountain and had to turn around and walk them back up a mountain because it wasn't the right time to give them to the kids. I felt like Santa Claus. We were so eager to give these to the kids. Why? Because we knew what was going to happen when they opened up a bag with their name that had something in it for them. You can't have expectation unless you have a full bag. But when you have a full bag, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, then you can have expectation. And when you have expectation, you're going to begin to see things differently. And you're not going to do just good things. You're going to do the things that are birthed by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) It's exciting. All right. You guys are like, man, all right. Keep going. You said you're going to be short. Four things we need to do. Four things the Holy Spirit is actively leading us in every day. Let's go over to Galatians 6, 1 through 10. I want to show you this video. I'm excited. All right, really quick. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens in the same way you fulfill, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, one who receives instruction in the word should share all the good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. The man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at a proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Four things that we need to, four things the Holy Spirit is actively doing in us every day. The first thing that the Holy Spirit is actively doing in us through the fruit of the Holy Spirit is to become a participator in restoration. Okay, every day the Holy Spirit wants you to participate in restoration. Scripture says this, if, listen, if somebody's caught in sin, you who are by the Spirit should look to restore that person gently. Here is the heart of the Holy Spirit to bring people closer to Christ. Whether those people are believers who have gotten a little wonky, who have fallen off, who have struggling with something, or people who yet uh, know the love of Jesus. The thing that the Holy Spirit is calling us to is to be people who are walking in restoration. What is God in the business of restoring today? He is in the business of restoring people. He is in the business of restoring families. Some of you have families who are it's just fragmented. God is in the business of restoring families. He's in the business of restoring dreams. Some of you have had a dream that you felt like has gotten pushed under. Listen, this is the job of the Holy Spirit to be uh, the restorer of that dream. But not just for you, but for the, in order that you become somebody who helps to restore dreams. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. To restore hope. To restore hope. See, we've got to be made alive with this truth. This this. This reason why the Holy Spirit is moving inside of us is bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be active restoration on the earth. That's why Jesus came. You know, Jesus came and he said, I've come to destroy the works of the evil one. What he's saying is this, is that he was dismantling the lies of separation that kept humanity separated from the knowledge of their father God. And that's restoration. And as a people of God on this earth, being led by the Holy Spirit and step with the Holy Spirit, what's happening is that we've got to actively have restoration working in our life. That means this, if there's a broken area in our life, we need to give it to the Holy Spirit. We need to let the Holy Spirit work on it and heal it and fix it and mend it. Why? Because we've been called to be ministers of restoration, people who are bringing, actively bringing restoration why is the Holy Spirit necessary in restoration? Why must we follow and be in step with the Holy Spirit when it, concerning restoration? Because here's the thing with restoration is that you're not going to be able to bring restoration to someone who you don't see God's absolute best in them. If there is a, a fragmented, like think about it in the context of a family member. If there is a fragmented relationship where there has been hurt there, the only way that that bridge and that healing is going to come is in order that the Holy Spirit touches your heart and causes you to see differently in order for healing to come. And every day, the Holy Spirit is leading us in that place, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, every day. The second thing is this, to be encouraged and to be an encouragement very short little passage here in Galatians 6. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. What kind of encouragement does the Holy Spirit give? I love this. Because this word to, to, to carry, to carry means this. It's actually a word that has two equal parts. And this is really important. I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. Because some of you, 
are in places where you are surrounded by people who constantly need encouragement. And some of you, listen, I know that in my own life that I've misunderstood the idea of encouragement, but there's a biblical way, the way that the Holy Spirit leads us to encourage. And here's what this word means. It's two equal parts. The first part is this, to understand the matter, to understand the matter, to identify with the matter. When somebody is broken, when somebody lacks courage, what are they looking for? They're looking for some understanding. They're looking for understanding. And that kind of compassion has to come from the Holy Spirit. And when the Scripture says in the Gospels that Jesus was filled with compassion, this is what it meant, is that Jesus had understanding of the pain and the cares and the needs of the people that were walking on the land that day. But the second equal part is this is to take that thing, that care and that concern, and remove it gently off of them. So the first part is to understand, and the second part is to take that burden, to lift it off of them gently, to remove it. Do you know how you take somebody's burden without being crushed? Is you rely upon the Holy Spirit. You have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. And you speak it out in gentleness. And you release the word gently. And you love powerfully. And you surround them powerfully. And as a people, when we get this right, what happens is that courage comes back to us and to the people of God so that courage can flow out of us. The Holy Spirit every day is actively pursuing the, that thing, in, that encourage, that type of encouragement in us. To be encouragers, to be people who are encouraged and are giving encouragement. The third thing, and the, the only way I can say it like this, and I'll have to maybe give a little definition to this, is every day the Holy Spirit is actively leading us to be on point. Be on point means this, to have your stuff together. And this is something that we all need to hear right now because this is like just a little bit of a swift dink in the caboose that the Holy Spirit gives us because he loves us. This is what the scripture says. If anyone thinks there is something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. There's four different things to being on point the way the Holy Spirit leads us to be on point is this, is that he calls us to something powerfully and specifically. There, then we need to know what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. We need to know what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. What is the Holy Spirit calling you to? What is he telling you to do in your family? Moms, dads, what is he telling you to do in your family? Are you doing it? What is he telling you to do in your workplace? What is he telling you to do in your neighborhood, in your school, students? What is he telling you to do? Because if you don't know, you cannot be on point. And the problem with not being on point with the Holy Spirit is that you're going to just blow all over the place and you're going to start comparing yourself to somebody else and you're going to get frustrated, you're going to get discouraged, and you're going to get out of the game. And so you have to know what the Holy Spirit is calling you to. Why? Because the only measuring stick that you have in your life is being obedient to the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit says this, get busy doing the thing that you are called to do. Can I say something to you in love? Just in, this is straight up just in love. And this has happened to me is that if you are married in this place to somebody who loves the Lord and you think the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something that is just and your spouse is not in agreement, you need to go back and check yourself. That's why the scripture says, everybody inspect their own self. Inspect yourself according to the Holy Spirit. 
Because there may be some things the Holy Spirit is calling you to do that you might not want to do, but there is grace for you to do it. And simply knowing the thing that you are supposed to do is going to give you unmerited freedom to walk in the authority of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is leading Paul to write this to a bunch of people who are looking at Paul who, and they begin to think that Paul doesn't know who he is. They begin to look at Paul and they begin to say, Paul, you're not really that apostolic as you think you are. You don't really have as much authority. There's other guys that are in our ear right now that are telling us that you're wrong. And Paul doesn't go about defending who he is. What he says is this, is I'm confident And the one who's called me. My measuring stick is not you guys. My measuring stick is the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Obedience to the Holy Spirit. And I am going to constantly be busy doing the thing that the Holy Spirit has called me to. I'm not going to waver from it. I'm not going to be deterred from it. And it's time to get on point. It's time, church, for us to be on point today. We were in Honduras And Pastor Solomon, who runs the orphanage. Three churches he pastors. One orphanage he pastors. He works as a carpenter. And he has a family of four kids. You know what he kept telling us? He kept asking the kids, are you happy? Are you happy? Do you know why? Because the joy of the Lord follows you when you're doing what the Holy Spirit's calling you to do. And there's never going to be a burden too big when you're listening to the Holy Spirit. But it's amazing when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, the smallest thing can tip the scale for us. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. He actively draws us into this place. The last thing, and then I'm done, we're going to watch the video is this is that the Holy Spirit is actively leading us in expectation. And here's just a really familiar passage in Galatians 6. Encouraging us to sow. To sow according to the Spirit because we're going to reap by the Spirit. And we hear something at the beginning of this passage in verse 7. It says, God's not mocked. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. But here's the reality is that this is the truth. And it's a beautiful illustration that Paul chooses to use, the Holy Spirit uses here. And it's the picture of a a farmer sowing seed. And here's the reality is that every farmer who sows seed never expects to get a return of seed. When they fling the seed into the ground, they're not hoping for more seeds to pop up. What they're believing believing for is is a fruit, is a corn husk, is a wheat, is a tree. And inside that seed is the expectation. And the Holy Spirit is saying here, listen, this is the job of the Holy Spirit in us to take the seeds and the dreams and the things that he is calling us to. And when we step out, when we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we're casting those seeds out, believing that they're going to return. Why? Because the one who promised has given us his guarantee. And he says this, don't be deceived, I'm not mocked. He's not talking about your flesh. See, your flesh is all up to you. When you sow according to the flesh, you're going to reap nothing. It's the only thing that you sow and you get nothing back on. But God gives a guarantee on the things that are given to us by the Holy Spirit. The seed that's given to us by the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, don't be deceived. I'm not mocked. That's why the scripture says, don't get weary in well-doing. Why? Because it's not up to you. It is not up to your authority. It is not up to your power. It is not up to your desire. It is something that is birthed and contained in the Holy Spirit, and the resource is there. Our job is to be obedient and step with the Holy Spirit and to continue to sow. If you know, you can sow. If you know what the Holy Spirit has called you to, you can sow. 
that when you know you can sow, expectation is birthed in your heart. And God moves through our expectation. He moves through our expectation. I know some of you today are looking at some things that look huge in front of you. I know some of you today have the feeling of that maybe even God's let you down in some things. But today, I'm going to invite you to maybe just surrender and say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to give that back to you. I'm going to give that word. I'm going to give that dream back to you. I'm going to let you breathe on it. Holy breath of God again. I'm going to let you add your life and I'm going to recast it out. I'm going to do what your word says to do. I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. Why? Because you're never going to be mocked if you've promised it, God. You're going to do it. You're going to do it, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be birthed in me so that I can receive more and walk in a greater understanding of who you are. All right. I want to show you this video. Go ahead. This is Honduras, our Honduras trip.
No, okay. <laughs> Anybody from the team want to say anything? No. <laughs> Translator, you want to say something? No. Buddy, buddy and I translated some some sermons, huh, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. AJ, you want to say anything? All right. Smuggler. All right. AJ, AJ brought in some coffee plants from Honduras. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Let me tell you some awesome things that God did there. What you saw in that video, uh, two foundations were built for some, some folks in the mountain village who lived in just a grass dirt floor, nothing. You saw walls being painted. What took place was this. I believe this. I believe this. <clears throat> Is that God did some things prophetically in those kids. There's a, co- there's a couple things you have to understand. That little boy that you saw pull that truck out. Did you guys see that? A little guy. He's three years old. His name's Joel. Joel had been asking and asking and asking. Pastor Solomon came up to us and said that Joel had been asking for three weeks before we came for a truck. He had never had a truck. And when he opened up that bag, he pulled everything out and he pulled that fire truck out. And he saw that fire truck and he lit up. That little fire truck, the next day, he carried it around with him. And in the back side, it had batteries. It needed batteries. Well, we, whoever got that truck was thoughtful enough to have batteries in it. And so we put those batteries in that truck. And on the very top of it, push the button. And every time we push that button, that little boy's face would light up and laugh and laugh and laugh. Ogin, the little boy that you saw with Buddy a bunch, the special needs kid there, that every time he saw us, I'm not kidding you, every time he had a <clears throat> this infectious, beautiful laugh, this deep, joyful laugh that would come from his very gut where he would just be overjoyed to see us every time he saw us. And it became infectious to us. There's a 10-year-old boy there that had only been in the orphanage just a few months from Selvin. Selvin was 10 years old. And in his backpack, there was a, a harmonica. Somebody here packed a harmonica in one of those backpacks. Selvin at 10 years old, Pastor Solomon told us, had never in his entire life ever received a gift. That's 10 Christmases and 10 birthdays. That child had never received a gift. That night, Pastor Solomon said he fell asleep with that harmonica in his mouth. Let me tell you something. Listen, this isn't accidental stuff. And some of you might say, oh, it's not a big deal. Let me tell you something. It's huge. And here's why. And this this is really what I want you to grab a hold of. And we're going to do something that I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling us to do that's going to require some faith. And we're going to do it. I know we're going to do it. I don't have any lack of confidence it's going to happen. But here's what you have to understand prophetically about Honduras is this, is that Honduras in this little Central American nation is going through its upheaval. That it's got one of the highest murder capitals in the entire world. It's just ridden with with gangs and some poverty in it. But what God's doing by his spirit is this. And this is why the scripture says this, that God seeks the orphans in homes. Like he puts them in families. Because I believe this with all my heart in Freedom Christian Fellowship. I need you to attach by faith to this is that God has got a remnant there in Honduras, and he's raising up a generation, and some of them are orphans who are being received by the love of the Father and being transformed by the love of Jesus Christ through the body of Christ, and they're going to begin to be the difference in that nation. If you can't receive that, you need to pack up and go home. I'm being serious. Leave. Because God, by his spirit, is doing this, and he's moving this way, and he's moving powerfully. And this is what it means to be led by the spirit. In Freedom Christian Fellowship, let me tell you something about you that is so awesome. It's so amazing, is that you hear, you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, and you are generous. So thank you. Thank you. 
thank you. Thank you. A little kid that you saw AJ with. Little Fernando. Fernando was another special needs kid who they had gotten, um, how long had Fernando been there, do you know? Since February. And Fernando, when they first came, he was grossly underweight and he couldn't walk. He couldn't walk at all and he didn't talk at all. When we got there, Fernando was walking with some assistance, but he hadn't talked. And while we were there, were there Fernando began to say, Mama, 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 Mama. And there's a, I don't know if we have the video, but we have Ginger walking with Fernando around the property. <coughs> holding his hands, just walking. And I'm telling you that, and the only reason I'm telling you this, and, and I'm sorry, this is, this is you guys. This is your love. You were there with us that day. You were there with us. Your prayers, your generosity, your kindness. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. So, Pastor Solomon has two churches in the city of Marcala, and he has one church in the village up in the mountain. He lives... He lives in Marcala, and it's about a 40-minute drive up that mountain, the hard way, that, that, video, that little video of us pushing that, that bus. One morning, we got stuck. That thing, we started sliding down that mountain. Poor Buddy was in the front seat. <laughs> he didn't warn us at all what was about to happen. The tires started slipping, and we started sliding down that mountain. Our driver just turned that thing into an embankment. Boom. We got stuck. We had to push that thing out. It's a hard drive up that hill. But Pastor Solomon has a vision. And his vision isn't just for his churches, and his vision isn't just for his orphanage. But his vision is to feed every kid on that mountain one meal a day. Because most of those kids, about 80 kids who live on that mountain, don't eat. They don't have... They can't guarantee one meal a day for them where they live and in the families they live in. And he's got somebody who will supply. He's already guaranteed they'll supply beans and rice to him. What he needs, though, is he needs to be up there. He needs to be up there. He needs to live up there. He needs to bring his family. The church is about a five-minute walk from the orphanage there. And let me tell you something. I've never seen a man who loves the place that God's put him the way that Solomon does. And he loves those people. And what he did is this, is he said this. I asked him one day, we were sitting at lunch, and Michael had been talking to him about what the Lord was doing and, and talking to him about living on the mountain. And he said, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd like to live on the mountain. And he just kind of brought it up. And the next day at lunch, we were sitting down and we were talking. And as a team, we started talking and I said, buddy, ask him, ask him this. Does he want to live on the mountain? And he said, yeah, I want to live up on the mountain. And April and I were talking, and we were like, how much do you think it would cost to build him a home up here? And we were thinking, we had, we had high numbers. We had American numbers. <laughs> and so we said, buddy, ask him how much it would cost. And Solomon said, no, no, no. He wasn't going to tell us. He was being gracious. And so we kept talking about it with him, and he pulled out his phone, and he showed us plans of his home there in the mountain. And you know what he showed us? Is he showed us the places where he was going to feed the kids and where the kitchen would be set up. And then we walked up, and we, and we, walked up and we, we actually walked the property, and he showed us, and he said, this is where I'm going to set the tables up, and this is going to be the kitchen, and this is where it's going to happen. And every day I could feed 80 kids on this mountain and make sure that they have a meal. $20,000. I've already got 11000 of it guaranteed. Before we left, I called a pastor friend of mine. I said, hey, are you down with this? You got half? We got half? He goes, yep. Boom. The team planted $1,000, our mission team. We had $1,000. We gave to him toward his, his thing. 
Freedom Christian Fellowship, what I am believing for, what I have faith for, and I know there are people here that have faith for this. That doesn't mean you have the money. That means you have faith for it. You have faith for it. The same way that we had faith for Pastor Kaya to have a women's home built, that we have faith to see this built. Why? Because the ministry of Jesus Christ is happening there. Okay? So here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Is I want to pray. Because I want to pray. How many of you here, listen, <laughs> how many of you here just, and I don't want you to fake it. I don't want you to lie to me. I want you to be sincere. How many of you here have faith for that? Is anybody here? All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, are you sure? Raise your hand one more time. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Are you happy? Good. All right. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And then um, as the Lord leads you, you can give this week. You can give next week. You can give the following week. We're, we're going to commit to raise that money. Okay. We're going to commit to raise that money. <laughs> I love this. This is what I get excited about because you guys are crazy generous. All right. So let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you by your spirit for what you've done. I thank you for those children. I thank you that they are a remnant, God. I thank you for what you've spoken to us. Lord, I thank you for the team. I thank you for Michael and April. Lord, I have a vision for this, God. I thank you for, Lord, what you've done in this house. I thank you for the generosity, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're leading. Lord, I know these things seem like small things, but I thank you for those folks that put that truck in that backpack, Lord. That saw that truck. I believe they did it by your spirit, God. I thank you, Lord, that it was there. I thank you, Lord, that's exactly what Joel wanted, God. I thank you that it's a testimony of your love, that the love of the Father sees that little three-year-old boy has got his hand upon him, has got his mark upon him, God. We're going to be relentless, filled with expectation to that end, God. We're not going to relent. We're not going to give up. We're going to begin to stir it up, God. We're going to begin to activate our faith, Lord, for greater things, for bigger things, Lord. You've blessed us with so much, Lord God. Lord, turn us into a blessing, I pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for every person here that we would be led by the Holy Spirit, that we would stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, begin to breathe upon dreams. Lord, there's more things that you want to do, God. You don't, you don't want to just do these things in Honduras, and you don't want to just do these things in Turkey. You want to do these things in Port Natchez, and you want to do these things in Groves, God, and, and Nederland, Lord God, Port Arthur, Lord. You want to do these things, Father God, in different places, Lord, that you've given dreams, Lord God, just holy, holy breath of, of heaven below upon these dreams, God. Lord, bring and resurrect these dreams, I pray, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. Listen, this morning, as you leave here, what I'm going to ask you to do, Jeff, if you'll just stand back there with... Um, um, A dish, I guess. An offering plate. It's probably an official name for that thing. Listen, if you want to make your check out now, you don't see an envelope, raise your hand and so so we can get you one, okay? Let's let's do this and let's see the kingdom of God built. And it's going to be amazing. And we're going to have a testimony. See, because what's going to happen is we're going to keep doing trips. And some of you, the Lord's moving on, and you're like, man, I want to go. I want to be a part of that. Then you should be. You should be. You should go. It's easy. It's good. It's a fun trip. The food is pretty good. We slept on a bed. It was, it was really great. I took a shower every day. Like, that's a pretty good missions trip, all right? All things considered, you know? Maybe we'll do some ones that are a little bit harder for you adventurer, adventurers here. But listen, what... what if you, if you want to be a part of it, we, we are going to be going back. And what's going to be awesome is that we're going to go back and we're going to probably have more footage of that house being built. <laughs> and then we're going to have footage of those kids being fed. And then we're going to have footage of, when I tell you his church, I, I preached at his church. I could talk about this for, I got to go. Listen, there were 50 kids in that church. There were probably like 15 adults. And those kids are the, are, the, are the world changers that God's raising up. And, oh, just come on, catch that. Just catch that. Oh, man, I'm excited. 
But listen, if God's given you a dream for this community, let's go for it. Let's stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you all for being patient and uh, being so amazing. Thank you all for your, your generosity and your kindness. I just want to declare over you the peace and the love and the knowledge of Jesus Christ in a greater way than you've ever experienced before. Lord, thank you for your abundance. Thank you for your goodness. Bless your sons and your daughters, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. amen.